August 25th. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we'll be looking into the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, verses 1 through 24. And before we begin the actual reading, here's what's going on there. 1 Corinthians 16 talks about love for the needy. These instructions concern the offering Paul was taking up from the churches to help the needy believers in Judea. The principles involved may be applied to Christian giving in general. Our giving should be voluntary, in proportion to God's blessing, systematic, and handled honestly. We'll read about love for leaders. We have the privilege of encouraging God's work as we pray for His servants. Even men like Paul, Timothy, and Apollos needed the help and encouragement of God's people. Are you praying for leaders? And we'll read about love for the church. Love, steadfastness, and submission make for a strong church. When you have people who are devoted to the work of the Lord, people who refresh you in the Lord, well, God is going to bless them, and you're going to be blessed in the process. What a joy to be part of a church family that ministers in love. And we'll read about love for Christ. Oh, come, Lord, come is a prayer that reveals Paul's daily anticipation of the return of the Lord. When he made his plans, he included the blessed hope. Do you love him and love his appearing? And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. August 25th, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 24. Now, about the money being collected for the Christians in Jerusalem, you Corinthians should follow the same procedures I gave to the churches in Galatia. On every Lord's Day, each of you should put aside some amount of money in relation to what you have earned and save it for this offering. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. When I come, I will write letters of recommendation for the messengers you choose to deliver your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems appropriate for me also to go along, then we can travel together. I am coming to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. It could be that I will stay a while with you, perhaps all winter, and then you can send me on my way to the next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost, for there is a wide-open door for a great work here, and many people are responding. But there are many who oppose me. When Timothy comes, treat him with respect. He is doing the Lord's work just as I am. Don't let anyone despise him. Send him on his way with your blessings when he returns to me. I am looking forward to seeing him soon, along with the other brothers. Now, about our brother Apollos, I urged him to join the other brothers when they visit you, but he was not willing to come right now. He will be seeing you later, when the time is right. Be on guard. Stand true to what you believe. Be courageous. Be strong. 
and everything you do must be done with love. You know that Stephanus and his household were the first to become Christians in Greece, and they are spending their lives in service to other Christians. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to respect them fully and others like them who serve with such real devotion. I am so glad that Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus have come here. They have been making up for the help you weren't here to give me. They have been a wonderful encouragement to me, as they have been to you too. You must give proper honor to all who serve so well. The churches here in the province of Asia greet you heartily in the Lord, along with Aquila and Priscilla, and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. All the brothers and sisters here have asked me to greet you for them. Greet each other in Christian love. Here is my greeting, which I write with my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. Our Lord, come. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. We need revival. We need an awakening. But we cannot simply expect the Holy Spirit to come down and clean up all the mess we've made. We have clear direction from the Word of God with regard to what He has done through Christ. How He expects us to live. How He expects us to order His church. And it does little good for men to cry out for extra-biblical manifestations when biblical principle is violated all around us. I want you to know this. There is little need for the devil and evil men to oppose a man praying for revival unless he is also laboring for reformation. We have been given truth. And we cannot simply do what is right in our own eyes and then expect the Holy Spirit to come down and bless our labors. As we look into the Old Testament, we see that Moses is given very, very detailed explanation how to build the temple. Now, was that given for Moses' sake or for the church's sake? I think that what is being explained here is that God is specific in His will. And that we are not to presume that we can take the smallest detail and ignore it. Many people have the idea that they're going to pray in a revival. And other people say, revival will come whether you pray or not. I'm not in either one of those camps. But I know this. When I see men and women and young people all over the world praying for an awakening, to me, that is the first fruits of revival. And I can count on the fact that he who gave those first fruits will bring in the full harvest.
Psalm 40, verses 1 through 10. We'll read about waiting. While experiencing trials at the hands of his enemies, David asked God for help, but the answer did not come immediately. He waited, and then God worked. What a change took place. David went from a pit to a highway, from miry clay to a rock, and from crying to singing. We'll also read about witnessing. When God does a great thing for you, share it with others. God's works and thoughts ought to be part of your daily conversation. Share the good news by what you say and do, by the example of your life. See, God can use your witness to bring others to Himself. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be astounded. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or in those who worship idols. O Lord my God, You have done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all Your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Look, I have come. And this has been written about me in your scroll. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your law is written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out. As you, O Lord, well know, I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Proverbs 22, verse 1. Choose a good reputation over great riches, for being held in high esteem is better than having silver or gold.